This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches verse by verse through the book of Acts. God is building us, he tells us, into one dwelling place for his spirit. He wants you connected to each other. He wants you to know each other. He wants you to be there for one another. He wants you to be family. That's a decision of your will. It doesn't just happen because all of a sudden, you know, you start going to a church. God actually wants you to put forth a little effort to know one another and be a friend to your family in Christ. That's what Christianity is all about. That's what it means to be the church. We are made to be in community. God didn't design us to thrive in solitude. We need to have other people around us to challenge us, support us, and rejoice with us. We too return the favor to them, offering our own unique skills and friendship. Pastor Robert today encourages us to find and get involved in community. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of Acts chapter 20 with today's message. Open your Bibles, if you would, with me to Acts chapter 20. We've been studying through the book of Acts. We're going to cover the whole chapter today, chapter 20. In chapter 19, if you remember, Paul ministering in Ephesus, and he communicates here in verse 21 that he purposed in the Spirit to go on to Jerusalem. And after that, he needed to go to Rome. But then an uproar breaks out. There's an upheaval because Paul has been teaching that there's one true and living God, and all of these little idols that they've crafted, molded out of silver and so forth, that those are not gods at all. And so the, the silversmiths that had been making a lot of money crafting the little silver idols got really upset and created an enormous, it would seem, riot in the theater in the city of Ephesus. Verse uh, 1 of chapter 20 tells us that after the uproar had ceased, Paul called the disciples to himself, embraced them, and departed to go to Macedonia. When he had gone over that region and encouraged them with many words, he came to Greece and stayed three months. And when the Jews plotted against him as he was about to sail to Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. Sopater of Berea accompanied him to Asia, also Aristarchus and Secundus of the Thessalonians, Gaius of Derby, and Timothy, Tychicus, and Trophimus of Asia. So he's got representatives from these different churches, these different areas there, and as we'll learn later and, and probably discuss in more detail, they had gathered an offering together. The church at Jerusalem was going through some really tough times financially, and Paul had communicated that, and maybe others as well, who knows, but these different groups had taken up an offering, and it would seem that each one had sent a delegation back to Jerusalem to carry this financial assistance, and that's, at least in part, that's what's going on here. Verse 5 says, these men going ahead 
waited for us at Troas. So Luke telling us if we're paying attention that now he's a part of the party waited for us at Troas. But we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and in five days joined them at Troas, where we stayed seven days. Now, on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. A couple of things I want you to notice. One, they were gathering together on the first day of the week. A lot of the early Christians still went to synagogue and everything. They, they still observed Sabbath to some extent, but there was beginning to be a recognition. Paul was teaching them, you're no longer under the law. The letter to the Galatians, you know, is all about that. At one point he tells them, you know, some esteem one day higher than another. Others esteem all, you know, every day alike. And, and he said, you, you just need to, you know, obey your conscience is basically what he said to them. Be convinced in your own mind. If you're convicted about keeping the Sabbath, then keep the Sabbath. If, you know, if you're not, fine. You know, the, every day belongs to the Lord, and uh, you just need to be faithful to him. But they were gathering together on Sunday. They were also breaking bread together. The reason we started doing the agape night service, like, you know, tonight, it's the first Sunday of the month, so we'll set up tables in the back. We encourage you to bring some food, and we'll have dinner together. And uh, and then a time of worship. And the reason that they did that, at least in part, is we're not called to attend meetings. We're called to be the church of Jesus Christ. And there's a big difference. You know, you can't possibly connect with each other and get to know each other at anything more than a superficial level. If all you do is just come here and sit next to each other on Sunday morning, Wednesday night, you know, whatever. But if you gather together and you share a meal and you talk and you you get to hear, you know, the, the person's heart and you find out what they do and, you know, what they like, what they enjoy, what makes them tick a little bit. You begin to to connect and, and you begin to care about one another and you become a family. And that's God's intention. You know, we're not all going to be in heaven, each with his own, her own assigned harp and cloud playing independently. Do you understand what I'm saying? God is building us, he tells us, into one dwelling place for his spirit. He wants you connected to each other. He wants you to know each other. He wants you to be there for one another. He wants you to be family. That's a decision of your will. It doesn't just happen because all of a sudden, you know, you start going to a church. God actually wants you to put forth a little effort to know one another and be a friend to your family in Christ. That's what Christianity is all about. That's what it means to be the church. So these people were gathering together, breaking bread, and Paul began to talk. Now, you know, in our culture, something there's a little something a little unique. When you guys come to church, you know, one of the things that I determined early on is that I'm not going to be totally locked into a time frame. I'm going to try to be sensitive to your feelings and your your schedules. You know when you come here that I'm going to be done before two, right? You show up at 1130, you know, Pastor Robert's going to wrap up sometime today. You know, it's not going to be 132, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They didn't know that about Paul. When Paul started talking, hey, Bets were off, man. You never knew what, you know, he's going to just keep going. He went till midnight, it says. See, something to be grateful for as you're praying tonight before you go to bed. Thank you, God, that Pastor Robert doesn't talk that long. But it gets better. Verse 8, there were many lamps in the upper room 
where they were gathered together. You ever wonder why God put certain things in the Bible? Like, do you care that there were a bunch of lamps in the upper room? It's important. I shared on Wednesday night, you know, God never inspired anything in the scriptures just to take up space on the page. There's a reason for it. But you have to be paying attention. Why do you think he's telling us there were a lot of lamps in the room? Read the next verse. In a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus who was sinking into a deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep. And as Paul continued speaking, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. Now, we've had some disruptions in Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, but we <laughs> not like that. I mean, you think that might be a little bit disruptive? You can just see Paul. You know, he's got his train of thought going. He's trying to explain some deep theological concept. And then all of a sudden, you know, oh, there went Eutychus. Oh, shoot. And they're looking out the window and he's down there. Neck all broken and stuff. I mean, that'd just be a total bummer. That'd disrupt your service. The guy's dead. I think the reason the, the little thing about the lamps in the room is that there's a little bit of an explanation there. In other words, this guy wasn't just nodding off because he was bored. When you have a number of lamps in a room like that, the oxygen gets depleted. I think the guy passed out. You know, is it? I can never remember. Is it carbon dioxide or carbon monoxide? But you get enough of it, it's you're out. Who knows? Maybe he wasn't the only one being affected. We're not really told what was going on. Maybe that wasn't it at all. But the bottom line is the guy was dead. He went out the window. Look what happens next. Paul went down, verse 10 says, fell on him and embracing him, said, do not trouble yourselves for his life is in him. Now, that's that's fascinating. He He fell on him. We see that a couple of times in the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, we studied that with Elijah. You know, he's there with the widow's son, and he's been with her, and they've, you know, for about a year, they've been eating from this little handful of, of flour and the little tiny, you know, bit of oil that she had. They're in the midst of a famine, and and God has miraculously multiplied the food, and this has been going on. And But then the son, her young son, fell sick and died. And it says Elijah laid out on top of him three times. The little boy's soul reentered his body. And he was first time in human history that we have any record of. This, this little boy was raised from the dead. I wonder if Paul was thinking about that. He was an expert in the Old Testament. It must have come to his mind. Maybe the Lord spoke to him. I don't know. Don't know what happened. Except that we know the Eutychus was dead and God raised him from the dead. Thanks for tuning in today for another edition of Main Thing Radio. We hope Pastor Robert's teaching has encouraged you personally and brought you to a deeper understanding of your Savior. Right now, Pastor Robert would like to take a moment and share how you can be involved in the future of Main Thing Radio. God is using ministries like this one to reach multitudes of people across the nation and the world. And I feel so blessed to be a part of this virtual mission field. I'm also excited to see where God will take us in the future. I'd like to ask you to join us in seeking God's will for our ministry and pray that we'll keep our eyes on Him. Thanks, Pastor Robert. We'd also like to ask you to prayerfully consider supporting Main Thing Radio financially. For donations of $20 or more, we have a special thank you gift to send you. This month's gift is Pastor Levi Lesko's book, Through the Eyes of a Lion, Facing Impossible Pain, Finding Incredible Power. Our lives are not free from pain, even when we're following Jesus with all our hearts. 
Pastor Levi's book shares how we can still find hope in this world that's filled with pain and suffering. For more information or to contribute, visit MainThingRadio.com and click on Donate at the top of the page. That's all for today, but join us again next time to dive into the Word of God, right here on Main Thing Radio.